Generations Church exists to glorify God in our community, to make disciples of Jesus, and to multiply churches so that the next generation is equipped to glorify God better than we did. Welcome to the Generations Church Podcast. We are in our series called Guilt, Grace, and Gratitude, exploring the themes and modern-day connections of the Heidelberg Catechism. Hello, everybody. My name is Scotty Hines. I'm one of the pastors here at Generations Church. Alongside of me is my friend, Pastor Jeff Ludington. Jeff, how are you, sir? I'm well, man. I'm well. It's yeah. good. It's I'm good. Very cool. Very I'm alive. Cool. We're breathing. Good stuff, man. <laughs> you excited for uh, Lord's Day 24? You know, I feel like that's a setup because if I say no, we have big issues. We're going to have really big issues. All we right. Have a so, yes, I am. I am excited for Lord's Day 24. We're going to talk about works or grace. Man, okay, but before you do that, I got a joke. Oh. It's not a dad joke. At least I don't, don't think so. Dad or bad? Closer to dad. Okay. Let's okay. Hear it. All right. So an Uber driver picks up a preacher and okay. he's taking him to his church and they crash and they get to, you know, the pearly gates. Peter greets him. Uber driver walks up and Peter says, here's your home. You know, welcome to the joy. And he gets this beautiful giant mansion. So okay. the preacher starts rubbing his fingers. Like, oh man, if the Uber driver gets a mansion, what am I going to get? And he's thinking he's getting like a mega mansion, right? So <laughs> they start driving down the golden roads and the houses seem to get smaller and smaller. And then they get to... To the end of the road, and it's a bunch of huts. And the okay. preacher says, hey, uh, he tells Peter, I forgot that part. Peter's walking him down, and he tells Peter, how come, how come the Uber driver gets a mansion and I get a hut? And he says, well, when the Uber driver drove, people prayed. When you preached, people slept. Oh. Oh, here we go. <laughs> that but was I good. That was good, man. I get it. So works. Yeah. God, you owe me. All right. I like it. But I you like see it. the analogy? There's a... There's a it's deep, bro. Well, it is. It's corny. Theology in an Uber. Amen. But think about it. How often do people think because they're good, even a no. preacher, just because he's doing so-called works that they're in these... You're way too deep, man. It's early in the morning. It's early in the morning? Oh. <sighs> okay. You know, uh, was it Richard Mao wrote Calvinism in a, in a Las Vegas airport? Yeah, Calvinism <laughs> in a Las Vegas airport. You have got Heidelberg and an Uber. All right. So you're, you're, you're catching up, man. Hey, man. I'm just keeping the theme, the blue-collar preacher. All right, there we go. Right on, right on, man. Well, once you recap us, we'll get right into it and enjoy these three questions today. I appreciate that. Okay, so Lord's Day 24, if you're just jumping in and you've never listened to this podcast before, I want to make sure you're good enough to finish this podcast and at least get what we're talking about. If you have a chance, you can go back, you can listen to the intro, you can listen to the first 23 episodes, Lord's Day 24, or if you look at this, it says episode 24 is us working through a 450-year-old catechism, which is a way of learning by memorizing questions and answers. Uh, as simple as that, we memorize what is true so that we have it when we need it, right? And so a catechism is basically that. You memorize these questions and answers so that when you need them, you have the truth. And uh, kind of like and I and I hate to I hate to encourage you, man. I just this scares me a little bit. Just go ahead, say it in the mic. Kind of like you memorize that joke, and it gives you a good metaphor <laughs> as you talk about this. But I don't want to encourage <laughs> your terrible joke making skills. No so, worries. Hey, so last week, uh, well, let me before I get to last week and what we, uh, I want to read a verse from last week that we talked about. But we're in the middle of this, so literally, as we talk about episode twenty-four, the grand total is fifty-two. So we're almost in the exact middle and so we're almost halfway through we're in the center of this and that means if you're walking in you're walking into a movie like a lot of plot has gone by yeah. right and so we're in this 
catechism that has 52 weeks to it called Lord's Days, meaning you would start on Sunday and you do the work all throughout the week, then you start a new section the following Sunday. And so we're already way into this, right? And each week has a series of questions from one to up to six questions. And this week we happen to have three. We're in the section about grace, the gospel, if you will, right? And the opening section is about our need for a savior or guilt, guilt, right? The Second section is about grace, what our Savior has done for us, yep. grace. And then our third section is going to be gratitude, how we live in response to the gospel. So if you're listening, guilt, grace, and gratitude is the nicknames for the three sections that we're working through. We're in the middle of it in grace, so we're talking about the gospel, how the gospel does and does not work, meaning truths and maybe false understandings of the gospel. Last week, we read a verse out of Ephesians 2, uh, it's 8, 9, and 10. Uh, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing. It's the gift of God, not a result of work, so that no one may boast. For we are his, meaning God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So here's here's kind of the summary thing that we talked about a little bit last week, and we need to hear it again this week, because we're talking about if, we look, if you listen to last week's and this week's, it's kind of like two sides of the same coin. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yep. So we've been saved by grace, through faith, not by works, but we are in Christ, God's workmanship in Christ, to do good works. Yeah. Right? So we're not saved by these works, but once we are saved, or once we are Christ's, then God wants us to do things he's prepared in advance for us to do. Yeah. That's yeah. the... That's kind of the conversation we're in. And so, again, a catechism is memorize questions and answers. And so I'm going to ask them like a father would to a son or like a discipler or teacher would to a student disciple. All right. So 62, 3, and 4 is what we've got for today, right? Yeah. Question 62. Let's do it. Why can't the good works we do make us right or at least help make us right with God? Because the righteousness which can pass God's scrutiny must be entirely perfect and must in every way measure up to the divine law. Even the very best we do in this life is imperfect and stained with sin. I love that line, stained with sin. We'll talk about that in a minute. Question 63. Then don't our good works merit anything when God has promised to reward them in this life and the next? This reward is not earned. It is a gift of grace. I just want to say in that one, man, it's the first time where my question is longer than your answer. I had to do more work. Just I was for the a, record. Hey, I was a little, uh, I was taken back. I was like, whoa. That's it. <laughs> That's all I got. I can know that. I can memorize that. That's easy. All right. Hey, the final question today, question 64. But doesn't this teaching, meaning this, this thing about works not being enough, right? So doesn't this teaching make people careless and wicked? No, for it is impossible for those who are grafted into Christ by true faith not to bring forth the fruit of gratitude love it yes you know man i'm gonna do something different than we had talked about ahead of time Uh and so if you guys are listening we may act like we do everything off the cuff and know nothing a lot of that's true but we do actually have a plan we got you know we talk ahead of time right um and i I was gonna circle back at the end to question 64 but i want to do it ahead of time so doesn't this teaching meaning what we're going to talk about today doesn't this make people careless and wicked so it what the author of the catechism is asking is a very similar question to what Paul the Apostle asks when he says, well, where sin abounds, grace abounds more. Grace is bigger than sin. Well, does that mean Paul writes rhetorically, kind of sarcastically, if you will, but yeah. Paul writes rhetorically. Well, does that mean we should go on sinning even more so that grace will abound more? Yeah. Then Paul answers himself like, um, no, yeah. right? 
how can one who has died to the law, right, still live in it? Or how is one who died to the flesh not live for Christ? And so what we're going to talk about today in the next just few minutes, right, what we're going to do is look at something that talks about how big grace is, right, and how our works are incomplete to save us. So it must be great. It must be a gift of God. It yeah. must be all Jesus and zero Jeff. Yeah. That's what we're talking about. Does that mean, right, that we can just do anything we want to? Yeah, no, no. And no. I know we'll talk about this. I know we'll get to this in the end. But no, man, when we are truly in our faith, when we truly live for Jesus, it will change everything we do. Absolutely, man. So I'm going to give that as a point up front instead of a closing. Man, this should not cause you to do any less. It should cause you to do more. Even though we're saying your works can't save you, you will want to do more for God. More because of God, not less. So today we're going to contrast works. In other words, like something we earn. So you and I have jobs, right? Yep. And and we, we do what our job description requires of us. Therefore, we get paid. That's true of us as pastors. That's true of us in the workplace, right? If you have a job and you are an electrician, your job description is to provide electric work yeah. for people, depending on the job, obviously, right? Lights or whatever you're doing. Well, when you do that, you earn a paycheck, yeah. right? If you're a pastor, you do the things that pastors are supposed to do and you earn a paycheck. Whatever that means, you have a job, right? So one of the conversations here is, okay, if you do your job, you've earned a paycheck. Well, if we do the things God has called us to do, don't we earn our salvation? Mm. Yeah, well, not if we can't earn it. <laughs> right, so if we're, if we're saying, well, you can't earn your salvation, maybe that's a good place for us to start. Well, I think it's because God, God has given us promises. Okay, tell me about that. So, so, okay, God has given us promises. Now, I'm taking a risk here. That's also not in our plan, not yes. in our notes. So I'm dun, really letting dun, you go kind of walking without a net. You know Woo! what I mean? All right, here we go. So um, um, <clears throat> God gives us Man, I got a brain fart. I'm so oh, sorry. Promises, bro. Promises. Not, not, okay, I think okay. I even know where you were going. I'm you not think sure. I was even, okay, so God gives us promises, right? And if it's a promise, like if I promise to my son mm -hmm. something, he has no way of earning it. The promise is there. All he okay. needs to do is be obedient to you, the structure I've given him. Right. It's simple. It's a simple, but he never earned it. Okay. Because even in his state, like no matter what he's doing, it's not even worth. Let's just say it's 20 bucks. Hey, son, if you do X, Y, and Z, right? Yep. It's not even worth 20 bucks, but I promised it to him. He, so he didn't technically earn $20. He was gifted a promise by being obedient to a command. Well, let me make this bigger. Let me take your example. Let me make it bigger. Please do, brother. All right. So if you say, hey, Ryan, because mm -hmm. that's Scott's son, if you guys haven't figured that out. So, uh, hey, Ryan, if you do these three things, man, you clean up your room, man, you do this, you do your homework or whatever, I'll give you 20 bucks. Yep. Okay. So I'm going to nerd out for a minute. So. In the Bible, we call this an if-then conditional clause. If you do this, then I will do this, right? Mm -hmm. That's true in the Bible. That's true in English. That's true in Latin. Doesn't matter, right? Yeah, right. If-then conditional clause. So, <laughs> so if he does that, he gets paid. Yep. Okay, good. If he doesn't, he doesn't get paid. That's all true. Now, what did he do to be your son? Um, he was just born right. into my family. Yeah. Okay. okay. Well, there's a trick question, but he was just born in my family. Right. So 20 bucks... Is a gift or a blessing or a promise or an a, a, a um, what's an allowance or something, mm -hmm. right? It's pay for the job he did. Yeah, but you already loved him. 
Oh, yeah. He was already your son. He's already my son. So the sonship is the part that we're talking about here, oh, not the 20 bucks. Hey, that worked out pretty good. Worked out great. We're not great. having notes, bro. Hey, we're I set you up good, man. No. All right. Yeah. Almost like we know what we're doing. Almost. Hey, it's, okay. it's as if we memorized a lot of scripture in our heart and we can have off the cuff. Oh, you had to make it all spiritual. No, all man. right. Hey, we're, we're encouraging people to memorize scripture. Good point. Hey, hey, just saying. I just don't like it when you're right. Okay, so... <laughs> Here's the questions. Why can't the good works we do make us right or at least help make us right with God? Mm. Okay, so make us right is kind of code word for save us, Yeah. right? Can't fix our indebtedness of sin. So think about this. If you have two sides of a scale, like think the, you know, like the legal scale or whatever, when you think of an eternity. uh, uh, Scales of justice. Yeah, yeah, scales of justice. There you go. You got a bunch of sin piled up on one side. Like, what if we do a bunch of good things yeah. on the other side? That's kind of the idea here, right? Or at least, it, so it says, why can't the good works we do make us right? Or at least help make us right? Well, can't we offset some of our sin by good things, right? And then the answer you gave, because the righteousness, in other words, the good things, yeah. that can pass God's scrutiny, that are good enough for God, must be entirely perfect and must in every way measure up to the divine law. Here's what people don't understand, right? And, and, and this is Christians almost completely. We all fall into this trap, but here's what we typically don't understand. When I do something good, uh, even when I do something good, a lot of times I have mixed motives, right? Yeah. Okay, so I tithe to a church. Well, do I do it because it, it says so? Do I do it to worship God? Do I do it because I'm trying to teach myself? Do I do it with a grudging heart? Do I do it publicly so people see me? Do I do it privately? Do I do it because I told my wife I would do it? Or do I do it because my wife told me to do it? Like there's so many yeah. things going on all at the same time, right? And we are not perfectly doing anything. The rest of that says even the very, very best we do in this life is imperfect, stained with sin, and stained with sin, right? Yeah. Love that line. Everything do, we do is still stained with sin, when does that stain occur? So that's an endemic sin, right? Ah. That is from the curse, right? So as soon as we're born, right, we are born in sin. So that means from very, from the moment of birth, we are completely yeah. incapable of accomplishing any work that can that can pass God's scrutiny. So that's a really good place to consider uh, for a minute. One of the problems in early Christianity, and it still exists today, uh, would be uh, Pelagius, bound, uh, off the top of my head. I think it's 4th century, right? Could be a little bit later. But Pelagianism has been around for hundreds and hundreds of years, right? So er, since the early, early church. Yeah. And Pelagius basically, hit, the heresy of Pelagius was that people were born neutral and that culture causes them to sin, but they weren't born yep. sinful. And so we would say we're born under endemic sin. So uh Pelagius said you're born neutral, and then you choose which way you go. So if you play that thought out to its natural conclusion, you could be born sinless if Pelagius was right, and you could, under the best set of circumstances, choose not to sin, and you could live your life without sin, mm-hmm. and you would not need Jesus, yep. which flies in the face of all of Christianity. Yeah, the whole right? Bible. The whole Bible, but all, right? <laughs> yeah. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So that's not all by chance. That's all by birth, but, right? Yeah. And so all that we do is stained by sin, Mm, right? Yeah. So then you fast forward to the Reformation, and there's this this doctrine we would call semi-Pelagian, all right? That means, no, we're not born innocent, but we still have the ability to contribute a little bit. And this, this bears out in a lot of different ways. So 
churches that if you say, hey, listen, you're dead in your sin and, you know, only Christ can cover your sin. So what do you do? And they say, well, I ask Jesus to forgive me. You're like, I pray this prayer or I get baptized or anything uh, they fill in the blanks yes. with. Right. We're like, no, you're dead. You can do nothing. Right. Jesus must act first. Right. And then everything you do. So Jesus awakens your heart. Well, actually, I would say the Holy Spirit regenerates your heart. Yep. Because God ordained it. Jesus accomplished all the work necessary. The Holy Spirit does it. That's our Trinitarian view of salvation, mm -hmm. right? The uh, economic Trinity, man, the Trinity at work, yep, right? Yep. And so we would say that, that, that God awakens us to respond to him. So then what we do is respond. Mm. We respond in faith, faith. right? Yes. So we're saved by grace, awakened by the Spirit. Through faith, we respond by believing, right? Yep. In Jesus... And that God created us that way in Christ that we could do good things. So everything we're now doing is playing catch up. That's right. And it says, when it says in Jesus, it's the things we do, they glorify him, right. not us, which is very important too. So the next question says, then don't our good works merit anything when God has promised to reward them in this life and the next? So I love now your unprepared, uh, un unplanned, yeah. excuse me, I know you, maybe you're prepared, but unplanned <laughs> story, right? Well, the reward is not earned. It's a gift of grace, right? right? Well, you said, but Ryan earned the 20 bucks. That's true, right? He didn't earn your sonship. No. Yeah. His sonship with you, right? He was already loved by you. Mm -hmm. The only reason we're in this conversation about allowance is because he's your son, mm -hmm. right? The only reason he has an opportunity to earn those 20 bucks by doing things that by all rights he should probably do for free. Yeah. Because you cool. feed him yeah. and he's got clothes on him. He's not running around a little naked. Brown boy, you know, so you know, and uh, you gotta know, you gotta, you gotta know Ryan, man. He's like the darkest skinned one in the whole family for you guys, right? And, and I'm Caucasian, uh, if you don't know that. So Scott's white, his wife is Hispanic. <laughs> we should qualify this before we get the racist label or something. Somebody's gonna slam on us. But Ryan's super dark. Hey, he is your very. I wish I had that color on my little white glowy. Let me legs, tell you something, you know? man. My, yeah, we don't need to go on there, but I would do. We're drifting. Yeah, I get it. Beautiful so, skin. He's your son. Yes, he is. He's my son. And if he didn't do the work. He would still be my son. Still be your may son. Got a little, may got a little reprimanding. He might get disciplined. Possibly. Because really the job was to do anyhow. Yes. Okay. We're on track here. Boom shakalaka. Don't our good works merit anything when God has promised to reward them in this life and the next? So they don't merit. Merit is deserve. Mm. They might earn the 20 bucks. Our good works, right, might cause a blessing. It's like if I honor God in my finances... When tragedy strikes or, you know, bills come up or something happens, I'm more prepared for them. So I've been obedient to God. Therefore, in, a un, in an unforeseen circumstance, I'm more prepared. That's a blessing, right? Yeah. If I study and memorize scripture and I do these things and, I, and I'm right in my heart and I'm walking down the street and somebody comes up to me and they ask me a question about my faith, man, what a blessing it is to have that answer for them. Yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. If I'm faithful and I'm looking around and I've done all these things and God says, go share the gospel with that person, I'm prepared. Yeah. I'm equipped. Right? Yeah. Still, my words powerless without God acting in those words. Right? Absolutely. But the blessing is there that we're prepared for this. Yeah. Right? And, and if he gives you a structure with obedience that creates rewards or there's rewards in it, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just like you mentioned tithing. Don't want to drift too much, but when you mentioned tithing, man, you're being you're learning to be a good steward with your money. Well, guess right. what the reward is? You're gonna probably have money right. because you know what to do with it and you put it in its proper place. It's not a prosperity promise. It's not a at truth. All. It's a truism, right? If you're good with it, it'll it'll multiply. Right. 
So this passage in Romans 4, which says, Abraham, it's the, like the subtitle that people have added later, Abraham is justified by faith. So Paul asked this question yeah, this of Christians great. where Jewish Christians have come into the church and they're trying, they're trying to make them go through all the works of Judaism. And basically it says, so what then shall we say was gained by Abraham? So Abraham is this historic figure who kind of began the faith. He's the father of all the faithful or nicknamed so. It says, for if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. So Abraham left everything, went to a land God hadn't even told him where he was going yet. He was just faithful to follow. Everybody gives him credit because he did what God told him to do. But before he did what God told him to do, he believed God was right. That's the piece of the puzzle we all need. When we believe, it will cause an action, right? Yeah. If I believe the fire is hot, I will not touch it. If yeah. I don't believe that, I'm likely to touch yeah. it. Yeah. Electricity in a wall. If I believe it's dangerous, I will be cautious. If I don't, like a little kid, stick my finger in the socket and maybe you know get shocked <laughs> or die or whatever, right? So Romans 4 goes on, now to the one who works, his wages are not counted as a gift, but his due, right? You, you do a job, you earn, yeah, right? Yeah. But the sonship piece, like in your story, mm -hmm. man, that is so critical, right? And to the one who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. We're talking about that sonship idea, yeah. right? How are we sons of God? We're not sons of God because we earned it. We're not sons of God because we do good things. In fact, I would say the exact opposite. We do good things because we're sons of God. That's right. Now I don't want to drift into the good things piece. Yeah. But Ephesians 2, we're saved by grace through faith to do good works in Jesus. Yeah. Right? Amen. James, the author who writes, listen, you say you have faith. I'll show you my faith by what I do. Mm. He's not saying, I'll show you how I've earned to be a son of God because I'm such a good guy. Yeah. He's saying, I'll show you the sonship I have because of Jesus. I'll show you, not with my words, yeah. with my actions. Very good, very good. And with that, you know, one thing I see that I want to point out really quick before we close, Pastor Jeff, is this, is if you heard sonship and you think just because you're God's creation that you're in that sonship or that childship, mm. but you're not. That's good. We're all God's creation, yes. But in John 1, 18, it tells us when we believe in Jesus through faith, we get the right That's to good. become a child of God. And so with that, I want to thank you all for listening to the Generations Church podcast. We release an episode uh, every Tuesday, the Guilt, Grace, and Gratitude episode. So I encourage you, please listen. Write a review if you can. And please share. Let people know uh, what you're learning, how you're being encouraged, what you're getting out of this. And let us know as well. Thank you again. And God bless. For more information, visit our website at ginfamily.church, G-E-N family.church. You can also follow our social media accounts at ginfamilychurch.